0: Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty.
1: Hey, folks. Welcome back to uh, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crotty and Father Shane Demon. It's not here, but I had another priest for everybody. Uh Father Michael Lachlan is a Byzantine Catholic priest, in the eparchy of Phoenix. Phoenix. A little closer, Father Michael, with the mic. Oh, Phoenix. That's okay. Hold it up. I will a little rise. Bit. Hold it hold it up a little bit. Oh, okay. There you go. There it is. <laughs> you will rise. Like your microphone <laughs> right now in your face. Uh we are, like the other episodes, uh at the Focus Seat Conference 20- twenty twenty three in St. Louis, Missouri. And it's fun being with all these different priests who have their own podcasts. Because I asked Father Michael if he'd be on my podcast, and he said, Only if you'll be on my podcast. So, absolutely. <laughs> we have both of our equipment set up in a hotel room, and we're um, we're, we're kind of scrappy here. Like, we, we just recorded a previous episode, uh, as we said, in the training room of the dome where the
0: ramps <laughs> used to uh, stretch out and stuff, and now we're in a hotel room. So, podcasts are just, yeah. It's all modern architecture in here, and it is just so incredibly unpractical. Of, there's three different kinds of chairs; none of them work. The lamps don't even turn on because they can't even <laughs> access the bulbs. Like it's just everything is so impractical. It looks nice I mean, to a modern mind, I guess.
1: It, yeah, I guess it looks nice to modern mind. And then trying to set up any kind of microphone, oh. we're having to hold everything in our laps and yeah. stuff. But uh, <laughs> we're doing it for you, the listeners. <laughs> yeah. um, Father Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Uh, so I'm a, a Byzantine Catholic priest. I've been ordained now over just over 18 years. I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the oldest of five. I discovered the Byzantine Church when I was sixteen or seventeen. I uh, grew up in a wonderful, wonderful Roman Catholic family. My mom is like the most pious person I know. My dad is the hardest working man I know. Um, and uh, we uh, discovered the Byzantine Church when I was when I was a late teenager, and just fell in love with the the liturgy. Pretty much, I didn't know mm-hmm. much else about the Byzantine Church till later. But I went to Thomas Aquinas College for a year. Uh, failed out, went to uh, community college for a year, went to Steubenville, University of Steubenville, and then uh, went straight from there to Byzantine Seminary in Pittsburgh and mm. uh, got ordained in 2005. Started, my first year was 2001, so 9-11 happened, mm. by, like my third day of studies, and then the pedoph- pedophilia scandal hit like the beginning of my second year. Mm. Um, it was kind of a tumultuous time. And then uh, got ordained, like I said, 2005, served in Denver for 14 years. Now I've been serving Los Angeles for three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we connected in,
1: well, 2015, 2016 through um, our dear mutual friend, Mother Natalia. Um, I've been on your podcast a couple times now, but I don't. I don't think we've had the chance to have Mother Natalia on ours, but someday soon. Are you saying I win? Is that what you are saying? I I think think that's what you are saying. I think think you do win. win. You win. I mean, you (laughs) you guys win in more ways than one. We're uh, we're just a humble podcast from uh,
0: rural Iowa. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I mean, I I beat Mother by coming on your podcast first.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I win that
1: (laughs) absolutely. Um, And my friend Father Taylor doesn't like what Father Shane and I say. Absolutely. So that's another you know a little shout out for Father Taylor. But um, Father Michael wins. I think Mother Natalia listens to this sometimes. Ah, so, <laughs> what's nice about our episodes are just these twenty-minute little, you know, we call them treadmill episodes. Yeah. And when she's uh, out there running, running the hills in the Amish country of Ohio, she can be listening to our wonderful voices together. Um, but we'll we'll get her on sometime. Just a little harder to. Uh,
0: did she did she show you why she can't be running on treadmills right now? Oh, I don't want to take probably the twenty minutes. I know this is short, but but she just sent our Slack a um our slack account for our podcast just sent us a photo of her in a boot
1: oh no there's this
0: yes yeah, so i don't know what she did i asked her if she kicked an amish and she said no no just a horse yeah
1: oh man i, I can't in find the boot a well we'll see it anyways that's that's unfortunate but yeah through our mutual friend mother natalia who's a byzantine nun um and father michael has his own podcast he used to be on catholic stuff you should know and now he's on what God Is Not, and you can check that out on anywhere where you find this podcast or any other podcasts. Um, just a quick word, um, I have great affection for the Eastern Church, especially the Byzantine Church, um, you're a member of the Ruthenian Church, um, but I love the rite, and if people don't know what it is, you can look it up sometime, but you know, in Sioux City we have two different Orthodox churches. And one, first of all, I'd recommend going to both of those. St. Thomas and Holy Trinity are beautiful churches, beautiful icons. Father Luke and Father Peter are wonderful priests as well. And they'd love to have you for Vespers or uh, Paraclesis at the at Holy Trinity, but um, we don't have a lot of Orthodox churches in the Midwest, let alone Byzantine churches. Yeah. I mean, there's only a few, right? Um, around Iowa, I mean, Kansas City, Denver, up to the Twin Cities. That's the closest place you're going to find a <clears throat> excuse me Byzantine Catholic church, but long story short, cause we don't have time to go into the whole history of the Byzantine church, but right. You had this like rupture from the East and the West. And then you have these churches that either stayed or that came back into full communion with Rome, but have a very, very different liturgical and spiritual, um, history. Yeah. And what's wonderful when you get to experience it is you can experience the unity that's in the diversity of, of rites. Um, apostles in the different parts of the world and started celebrating the same sacraments in just different ways. So it's it's beautiful. It's I've been able to kind of celebrate at the monastery, the divine liturgy, which has been <clears throat> a great a great gift. Yeah. And then being able to step into conversation with different Orthodox friends now, different priests, and just to celebrate the the goodness that's there. But what I want to talk about today, Father Michael, is you've had the opportunity in some pretty secular cities in Denver and L.A. to like really encounter people who are who are on the margins of society, the poor, the homeless. Um, but I think most importantly, for our our desire, Father Shane and I here, just like trying to connect those who feel outcast. Part of it's just like the experience of being in rural Iowa. You feel outcast from just kind of culture. You're in these small little towns. Um, our biggest city is only 80,000 people. You, you feel disconnected from the parishes and maybe like the Catholic culture that used to exist but doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I'm just curious, like what have you seen – in those people who have, who have been outcast from the church, who thought the church is outcast or been kind of on the peripheries of
0: society. What have you found? That's like drawn them back, drawn them in. Um, Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind, um, I've been in LA for three years and the first thing that comes to mind is when people leave the church and they, they feel that the church (coughs) has um, made them an outcast or the church itself is an outcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, I, I'm starting to learn more and and understand more um, the the process of what some people would call I think when they come back because yeah. I've seen a lot of people come back and they'll say like I I kind of needed a break I huh. I the 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 church the human aspect of the church just wasn't able to. To give the the clarity or the rest mm. uh, or something that they want. Now I I would never and should never um, tell someone to, to boy from the church for a while because the church is a mother. The church is a sustains us. The church is sustains a family us a being right. exactly. So you'd never tell someone. But when someone does, I've seen I've seen the return again, and they say. Like I, I can see how Jesus used the evil of my separation from the church as a time of, to bring in good of rest that I could be reinvigorated to come back in again um in, in a different situation or even the same situations with a different mindset and things like this. But one thing I've seen is that, that when people leave the church, they generally already have something in mind that's gonna be as fulfilling. Or they think they huh. think this this will fill me up. This will make me happy. It's not the church and in LA they like it. They get shot down very quickly. Like huh. I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. Fame is what's gonna make me happy. Yeah. Or or this individual that I'm gonna have a sexual relationship is gonna make me happy. Or this person who is famous who wants to be my friend but like wants to hang out on Sunday mornings. Like they're gonna be happy. And and in like the devils in L.A. But the devil is so predictable huh. in that they the people the the quickness by which people get shot down and that they they find themselves outcast from the world too mm. like i'm i'm too heavy i you know i i don't i don't have mm. the right voice whatever like you just don't fit in like you become a double outcast from what you thought was going to sustain huh. you and so then you kind of say as a priest i say i'm going to be patient so that if you come crawling back i'm going to pick you up stand you up brush you off mm. let jesus do all the work and the spirit do all the work but you're going to say you know, you're not going to make it back into Hollywood. You're not going to go back there and be be welcomed and loved. But mm-hmm. you did leave the church, and you will come back and it will make his soft landing pad for yeah. you.
1: That's that's fascinating because when we just had Father Tim Monahan from Chicago, um, different, but still, I mean, like the second or, or whatever, whatever's the largest city in the country, LA or New York, whatever. And Chicago. What's interesting is very different parts of the country, different kind of cultures. But you guys almost said the exact same thing. He yeah. said what he's <laughs> seeing right now is. He, especially in like gym culture, CrossFit gyms, okay. that there's this clear desire for community, mm. right? Yes. But that if you, but if you show up to this CrossFit, CrossFit gym and you're not good enough, yep. you don't belong. Yep. So you almost yeah feel like that double outcasting. I think is really important. And I think just what we came to in the conversation with Father Tim, and I think what's so clear is like oh, the church is a home, as you just said, the church is a mother for us who are outcast. Yeah hard to believe that sometimes, right? And I'm curious, we asked Father um, Tim what, like, those people that he meets um, in these CrossFit gyms or these people that he encounters, especially the young adults in Chicago, what's their perspective of the church, you know? Chicago's a different place from LA, but, like, you still have the kind of ethnic neighborhoods, you still kind of have that cultural Catholicism, but what do you think the perception is of most people in LA, uh, their perception of, maybe just the Christian church, but especially the Catholic church?
0: It's definitely become a generational thing. Um, the The older people, because Los Angeles is named after the Mother of God. I mean, it, it's it's the Queen of Angels, you know. Yeah. And so the, the 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 Catholic history in the city is immense. So some people just see it as a cultural thing. Oh, huh. it's a Hispanic thing, you know. It, it's part of their culture, just like Guadalupe. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's 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 a thing. And then and then other people who are have become bitter. They they they. They saw at a time through media or even through a horrible, maybe a horrible pastor, they saw the abuse in the church and that, mm. that overwhelmed everything else. So they see the church as a bigoted abuser. Um, and then you have, but that was a couple generations ago. So there, there's mm. a, a generation my age and a little bit older who are that way, right? They, they saw that, like I said, I was in seminary for my second year of seminary was when the pedal the out, the, the 2002 we first had this searchlight and all that stuff um, and it first became exposed in, in a major international way. But now it's very interesting. You have these these 20-year-olds that are coming into LA to to like, I try to make it big, to live their dreams. They don't have any of that baggage. Mm. They, they, they They have found ways of using... Spirituality of met using meditation, of using uh, yoga—they found all these ways of saying this is what gives me peace. Mm-hmm. And so I have found that they're intrigued by mm-hmm. what brings me peace, and they're like, "Oh, you found something too? Look oh, at us—we're yeah. doing so well. Yeah. I found meditation. You found Jesus. Like we're we're mm-hmm. both doing great, and and it's this." That there's, there's. It's not we. They don't see the church as this big oppressive thing. Their parents did, hmm. but they don't. They just see it as this is how you're managing. This is how you're getting through the day. You're getting hmm. through the day through this faith. I get through the day in another way. But look, we're, huh. we're brothers and sisters in this. So I, I see a new opportunity. Um, this is this is kind of the apostolic age that that they're talking about now. This is where people they don't know the Christian way, mm. and 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 since when the Christian way is kind of falling away as a culture, they they're going to have to find something that the because the culture is not going to be a foundation anymore. And we as a church need to say, how am I as a pastor? I'll say as a pastor, how am I making sure that my parish, as as a friend said last night, is an off ramp. Right, yeah, an off ramp from other things mm-hmm. to mm. what we're doing. So uh, people feel caught up. They feel caught up in their eating disorders. They feel caught up in mm-hmm. in Hollywood. They feel caught up in the ways of the world, and and whatever it may be. And we say, let's be an off ramp. You yeah. can you can get off here, as off the craziness of the highway. We're also going to be a soft landing pad. And and so I think that's what I'm kind of waiting for the spirit to move in to say. Once you're disappointed by the things, all the things you're trying, you know allow the spirit to direct you here. That is 2000 years old and we cannot not love and forgive because it's Jesus who loves and forgives. Mm. And if we don't, then we're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: one funny thing
0: people often just use like Hollywood as a collective noun to
1: describe like the culture, but you literally yeah. mean yeah, like exactly. both, <laughs> both the, both the ethereal reality of like pop culture and literally the, the location and of the, Hollywood, the, the you... microcosm <laughs> and the macrocosm both. It's yeah. really funny, <laughs> Father Michael, what you said, I think is really helpful for our listeners. I know a lot of, um, a lot of folks whose, whose kids have either left kind of the rural Midwest, um, who've moved to cities, but who especially who've left the church. And I would keep bringing this up. We talked about this with Father Tim. Um, that our parishes could become off-ramps, that our parishes could move from, as we always talk about, maintenance to mission, that our parishes could actually move from a Christendom model of church to actually like an apostolic mission. Yep that's going to require everybody in a parish and not just the priest to have this vision. Right. So not to just sit in the pews and this is for everybody really who's listening. Um, not just to sit in the pews and just sort of, I don't know, kind of like furrow your brow at the people who are leaving and can't believe they don't come to church anymore. Number one, like what are you doing to invite them back? Right. What are you doing to like create a culture within a parish that people one want to stay but too that they actually want to be welcomed back in, yeah. and that actually be an invitation into the mercy of God. Yeah. So often, I know in my experience, you know, uh, I've talked about this in the past on this on this show. But so often in my experience, like young people go to a parish, and if their last name is not, you know, like on a brick outside in the yeah. patio because their family's been there for five generations, then they're not really welcomed. Yeah. You know, so okay, I'm glad you want to be here for the sacraments, but you have to be placed in this community, right? Um, if you don't have kids, if you're not kind of in the school system yet. Um, and a lot of that, yeah, a lot of it's on the pastors, a lot of it's on the priests, but a lot of it is on the parishioners. Um, are you as a Christian in the parish an off ramp from the culture? I think the first experience then is like, am I experiencing the conversion of the Christian life away from the culture myself? Or am I living on social media? Am I living in my own sin, temptation, or just the brokenness with anxiety and depression, all these things? Or am I actually experiencing the, the healing and the joy that comes from Christ? And then am I really proposing that to others. I think that's the hope right now that we're experiencing at this C conference is that we get to see young people who are very much a part of the culture, right? A Very, very much a part of this like societal moment right now who are on university campuses, but whose missionaries have invited them away from that, yeah. right? That off ramp from the culture into something deeper into the mother that is our church.
0: One of the, uh, one of my old companion brothers, I was at a pre-save fraternity in Denver called the companions of Christ you look it up; it's amazing. Um, but the uh, one of them now has. It's like one of fourteen parishes in the whole U.S. that have focus missionaries on the campus oh, on their yeah, parish, yeah. and that the, these are usually families. They they are alumni from folk, being focus missionaries, and they take on a different. Instead of being missionaries on the campus, they become missionaries at a parish. Mm-hmm. And he's at one of those parishes um, up in northern Colorado, and uh, and I just thought like that that is that shows that that the beauty of what focus is doing is now passing on to the next level because yeah. the parish is real life. University is not real life; it's really mm-hmm. not right now. Like, the, but the parish is real life. Like yeah. this is. This this is where you're baptized. This is where you're married. This is where you're buried. Like, mm-hmm. all the things are happening there. So, the fact that the beauty of what Focus is doing, that missionary attitude, making, you know, missional disciples, that can go to the next level. And I, I thought that's exactly it. The, these, these students need to say, like, keep in mind you're going to be in a parish one day. And, and we need to make the parishes welcome. I thought, like, what if there's a prodigal father ministry of mm. people that are like, prodigal just means reckless. Yeah. You know, like, and the, the reckless love of the father. There's people that literally kind of keep an eye out. Who, who haven't we seen in a while? And when they walk in the doors again, we need to be ecstatic. Yes. Like, like, I don't care where you've been. You're back here now. Yeah. If you want to share, I'd love to hear it. Don't need to hear it. You're back now. Do you need to go to confession? Exactly. There's the line an invitation yeah, to it. Right? Exactly. Hey, Hey,
1: let me walk you through this. I know. It's been a long time.
0: Yeah. Man. And we're just very glad to have you back.
1: I hear families. and I'm sure you do too. Young families who have young children, um, our friends, our peers in between <laughs> our generations here. Um, they're freaked out about the culture, right? They they're worried about the, the, the world that their children are inheriting, right? They, they they realize they don't have control over kind of the political division. They don't have control over the kind of social tie that's, you know, kind of kinda of ebbs and flows. So there's this there's this fear that can kind of kinda of rule roll out so often. Um, especially when you know, people have abandoned the church and have looked for something else to kind of fill that. And then like you just said, when they realize that it doesn't, then it's like, oh crap. And the, and the culture is not going to kind of hold, you know, boost me up with like the Christian values that used to be there in the past. So I think it, what it just clearly shows is that, you no, know, we need to find the church as like you said, that off ramp yeah. because the culture is, I mean, yeah, we, we know that we're expecting Jesus to come. Right. Yeah. So it's like things will get worse before they get better before he comes and like restores all things. But like he's here now, right? He's here present His church. Yeah. And he wants to be with us and he wants to invite us yeah, into his fold um, and to take refuge there, but not just to kind of cower in fear, but to actually have like renewed hope, renewed stamina. Um, so I think, yeah, just that, that invitation being, okay, let's, let's invest more fully into the church that Jesus has given us, even in the midst of his brokenness, even in the midst of like, it's not the kind of, yeah, perfect thing that I want. It's not as it's not as comfortable as my coffee shop or yoga or whatever it is, um, but it is our salvation. Yeah. It is our glory.
0: Yeah, and 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 we we don't need to fix the whole parish, but we we can discern along with the other people in the parish like what is my small role, mm. what is my role, and when everybody does that together, like here at Focus, it's like a well-oiled machine. What is my small role here at Seek to make sure this conference runs well? My small role here is to podcast tonight at five fifteen and hear confessions mm-hmm. tomorrow night. That's my role. Yep. or tomorrow, tonight, tonight, goodness, tonight, right? <laughs> That's my role. And and because of that, I'm, I, I, I am one of the building blocks in what makes this a powerhouse, and amen.
1: Amen, wonderful. Well, Father Michael, thank you. Uh, guys, you can check out uh, What God Is Not podcast, uh, where it's available. They're on all the social medias, and everything like that, too. And go check out uh, your local Byzantine church if you're ever in an area that has one. Amen. But Father Michael, thanks for being here, and uh, God bless you and your ministry. And friends, uh, yeah, keep uh, keep tuning in uh, for some exciting interviews with folks here at SEEK. Uh, let's keep praying for conversion in the church. God bless.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.